0: Newcastle, Delaware. Uh, I remember the pastor, Carlo De Stefano, and uh, uh, I greet you in the name above every name, That's Jesus Christ, my Lord. Um, I just want to thank God for your pastor, and uh, he's a great guy, a great man, a great preacher, God. And you guys are blessed to have a man that can stand on the word as he does and teaches the word. So you know, I just give him uh, kudos for that, and give God the praise, <laughs> Amen. All right. To all the members here and. Uh, all the faculty and staff and uh to all the visitors that came today um you know i just greet you all today and i uh, thank god for uh, my wife who's here with me today um uh, my children benjamin uh, elizabeth and gabrielle and thank god for my father-in-law coming out of support, and my mother-in-law also and my wife's friend Liette. <laughs> so it's good to uh, have support you know in the ministry so um uh, not to hold you long but um If you have your Bibles today, we'll turn uh, to the book of Hebrews. Turn to the book of Hebrews. We'll be in chapter 3. Chapter 3. We'll be starting in verse, we'll we'll read the whole chapter for a little more clarity. Chapter 3. But our main focus is going to be on uh, verses 12 through 15. So if you had it, say amen. 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 All right. Still hear some pages flipping. I'll give you some time there. <laughs> All right. Hebrews chapter 3. And the word of the Lord reads Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house, as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after but Christ as a son over his own house whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end wherefore as the holy ghost saith today if ye will hear his voice harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you hear, you will hear His voice. Harden not your hearts, as in the as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Uh, Using for a title today, an evil heart of unbelief, an evil heart of unbelief. Uh, Let us pray. Most holy and wise God, our Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, just thanking you for waking us, thanking you for sustaining us, Lord, through last week and even today. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us, Lord, of sin. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die for us, that we may have life and that life more abundantly. We ask, Lord, that you would cleanse us this morning, Lord. Cleanse us from all sin. We ask you to forgive us, Father, for doing things we had no business doing, not doing what we should have done. We ask that you forgive us this morning, Lord. Cleanse us, Lord. Open our hearts and minds to receive what it is that you have. The people, Lord, come to hear a word from you, not from me. I pray, Lord, that you move by your Holy Spirit in this place this morning. There's many needs here, Father, many needs this morning. And we know that you're a personal God. So, Lord, we ask you to speak to each and every one of us, Lord, individually, as well as collectively this morning. Help us, Father. Help us this morning to hear what it is that you have for us. We thank you. We praise you. We lift your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Do a mighty work, Amen. Amen. An evil heart of unbelief. Like I said, I'm, I'm not going to preach this whole chapter. <laughs> you know, everyone's hearing all the sides. <laughs> but uh, it's too much to deal with here. But we're just going to focus on... Uh, The 12th through the 15th verses. So the book of Hebrews was commonly attributed to the Apostle Paul, but the authorship is really uncertain by many scholars. Uh, This book was primarily written to the Hebrew Christians who were constantly struggling, struggling uh, with falling back into Judaism. The theme throughout this book uh, has the theme throughout this book. is that Jesus is so much better than what was in the Old Testament. In chapters 1 and 2, the writer shows us how Jesus is superior to angels. And in chapter 3, he moves on to show us how Jesus is superior to the Old Testament figures, such as Moses. Uh, The great practical aim of this epistle is to call us to faith. Andrew Murray, in his book, The Holiest of All, Uh, says this, and I quote, The heart is the organ God created in man for holding fellowship with himself. Faith is his first natural function. By faith and love, the heart lives in God. Faith is the ear that hears the voice of God, the eye that can ever see him and the unseen world and the capacity for knowing and receiving all that God can communicate, faith begins as trust in the spoken word. It grows into fellowship with the person who speaks. And its fruit is the reception of all God has to bestow." End quote. Because of sin, our hearts have been turned from God to trusting in ourselves. Uh, this unbelief causes the heart to fall away from the living God and eventually breaks the fellowship that God intended with man. Uh, Hebrews eleven six tells us that, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, the writer of Hebrews warns these believers of this evil heart of unbelief which leads to the missing out on the victories that God has in store for them and for us. Uh, the writer begins by saying in verse 12, he says, uh, Take heed, he gives us a warning. To take heed, brethren. Uh, there's been some discrepancies about um, how someone can lose their salvation, but uh, this uh, writer has wrote here, he's talking to save people here. He says, To take heed, brethren, lest there be Any being you or any being any of you an evil heart of unbelief. A evil heart of unbelief is a heart uh, that's evil because the heart was the heart is not used uh, in the way that God intended it to be used in. And this evil heart is because the heart is not operating out of faith. I know your pastor has been preaching on faith a lot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and this faith is so vital to the Christian. It's like your food, your everyday food. It's like your breath that you take every day. Uh, a Christian needs faith in his life, uh, just like you need uh, air to breathe. And without this faith, uh, you can't function the way that God calls you to fun- uh, made you to function. So this evil heart of belief that this writer is talking about, he, uh, he draws a parallel to the Old Testament saints and how the old, in the Old Testament, he, uh, how the um, children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt and they were going through the promised land, uh, that, that's found over here in Numbers chapter 13. I'll just read a portion of that. It says that, uh, and the Lord speak unto Moses saying, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. Uh, God sent uh, told Moses that you know when they came out of Egypt he said that you were going into the promised land the land of rest the land of flowing full of milk and honey and this land was promised to you and he told Moses that you need to send out spies into this land and check it out you know see where it is from a vanishing point on the top of the mountains and uh, see who's in the land what kind of fruit is there uh, who's dwelling there and, and are there fence cities and are there wall cities and what kind of people? Are in that land, and, and we, it goes on to say how uh, they sent uh, a spy. They sent a, um, a leader out from every tribe, so there was twelve men that went out to spy out the land. And these twelve men, when they went out to spy out this land, uh, they were supposed to come back with an honest report. Uh, come back with a report uh, to Moses of what he sent them out for. Uh, but if we keep reading down the line, it says in verse 17 is that Moses sent them to spy out the land. And it says here in, um, in verse uh, 20, it says in, uh, in verse, not verse 20, but it says here in verse 26, and they went and came to Moses and Aaron. This is after they spied out the land and all the congregation of the children of Israel into the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and they said, we came into the land where thou sent us, and surely it's flowing with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and then the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And it says here that they gave their report, but it says in verse 30 that, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And he says in 31, but the men that went up with him, we be not, they said, we be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel. You see, this evil heart of unbelief uh, uh, he gives you the parallel here in the Old Testament is that they were going; they were supposed to go in and give an honest report, but they went in and came back with an evil report. You see, God said that they would go into the land and they would conquer the land, and He just Moses sent them in to just spy out the land. It was already done, but when they went in and saw with their eyes instead of looking at this holy God. And remembering what God said through the word that he spoke to Moses, they kept looking with their eyes. That wasn't with faith. Faith is, uh, faith is, is something that you, you, you can't see it. You can't see faith. As your pastor was preaching, it's knowledge, it's a sin, and it's trust. And so we see here is that they didn't, they didn't believe what God has said. And they went into this land and they came back with an evil report. And you see, this evil heart is what God is talking about here is that uh, in Romans uh, 14, 23C, it says that for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So they went into the land to spy it out when they were supposed to come back with a report and they were supposed to go in. And Caleb said, yes, we can take this. Let's do this right now. But the people said, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's people that's bigger than us. Uh, they have fence cities. They had wall cities. They, we can't do this thing. You see, this was an evil heart of unbelief because the heart was not trusting in God. And as you keep look, reading through the verses, you see that when, when you don't trust in God, when you don't have faith in God, you cannot operate in the spirit. God had blessings for them. He had a peace for them. He had so much for them, so much in store for them. But this evil heart of unbelief conquered more than the faith that they had. And the Bible says that this evil heart of unbelief, this heart of unbelief, he says that, and back in Hebrews, it says that, take heed. Brethren, he's reminding these Hebrews as he's writing to them, he's reminding them that, look, take heed. You remember what your ancestors did and, and how, what they did in the, in the, in back there in the, in, the, in the wilderness. He's saying, look, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And this evil heart, what does it do? He says here is that in departing from the living God. Not only does this evil heart, it's, it's of unbelief. But it, 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 it's departing from the living God. He, as I said earlier, this is not talking about salvation, but he's talking about falling away from the faith. A lot of times you see people come to Christ and, and, and you see them in church, and next thing you know, you don't see them anymore. You see brothers and sisters who you talk to at work, and they say they're serving God, and next thing you know, they're not serving him anymore. Why is that? It's because they're departing from the living God. Somewhere along the line, sin had entered in and their belief and faith in God has been been weakened. And this writer tells them that take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from this living God. You see back here in the numbers, it says that these people, their hearts were so evil that. When Caleb and Joshua said that we can take this land, they got upset and they were ready to stone them with stones because they didn't believe. And uh, Joshua and Caleb believed, but they didn't believe it and they were ready to stone them. Isn't it funny how when you when you trust in God and you say God can work it out, God can do it. And you see some people say, oh, no, no, you, you, you're being superficial there. You don't have the bills that I have. <laughs> you don't go through the things that I go through. You see this evil heart of unbelief and this is our next point is that he says here in verse um, 13 but exhort one another daily he says the first one the first uh point he was talking about uh, uh individually how we as individuals have to make sure that our heart isn't being uh wavered and our faith is not being wavered and we're not going astray but he 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 brings it back here to 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 a collective thing he says uh in verse 13, but exhort one another daily, meaning exhort means to encourage one another daily. Uh, why do we have to encourage one another daily? He says here is that we should uh, encourage, um, exhort one another daily while it, while it is called today. You see, these children of Israel, the, t- the 10 spies that went into the land, they came back with an evil report. They told the rest of the congregation and the rest of the congregation got upset. <laughs> they got upset. It says here in, uh, in chapter, uh, chapter um, f- uh, 14 of uh, Numbers, it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? You see, this, this evil heart of unbelief, it, it just doesn't affect you. It affects others also. And then that's why the writer wrote here in Hebrew, he said, we need to encourage one another as it is called today. You see, we, we don't need to wait until tomorrow. You see, Satan's day is tomorrow. It's always, oh, I'll get that. Oh, oh, maybe later. Maybe later. You know, when God is moving upon your heart to witness to someone or tell someone about Christ, and you say, oh, you know I'll, I'll tell them tomorrow. What if that person dies tomorrow? When God moves upon your heart to, oh, you know, you need to serve me uh, with your whole heart, and you oh, Lord, maybe next week. You see, Today, he says, he says we have to exhort one another today. And why is it so important today? Because if they exhorted one another or encouraged one another that day when Joshua and Caleb said, we can take this land, if the other spy says, you know what, we can take this land, the whole congregation would not have cried and lifted up their voice and went against Moses. They would have said, okay, you know what, let's do this. But because of those ten men, and that heart, evil heart of unbelief—it spread like wildfire. I have a little garden. I'm still country. I have a little garden at home, and I grow my tomatoes. And I told the kids, I said, when you pick the tomatoes, you know, don't get the bad ones. Just get the good ones. You know, the ones that's turning colors. I mean, just turning a little red. You know, put them in the in the bin. But don't be putting no tomatoes in there that's half-bitten and chewed up by worms. And sure enough, I come home from work and I see flies flying around in the kitchen. <laughs> I said, well, what's that smell? <laughs> My wife said, what is that? <laughs> we look around and, and I go over to the little bowl. And I'm like, oh. You know, and I look through and I'm like, oh, man, what a rotten tomato. And, and, and tomato, it just it's just not going to rot by itself. You see, that juice starts to spread on everything else. Yeah. And next thing you know, mold starts to grow on it. <laughs> and then flies and maggots and all oh, oh, type of stuff like that come around. And, and I'm looking like, what? Is-? And then I got to throw out half of the tomatoes. Uh-huh. All because of one rotten tomato. <laughs> you see here is that this evil heart of belief. Spread like wildfire to the nation. Uh, the Bible says that they could have went into that promised land within about a week or so. It took them 40 years to get to that promised land, all because of unbelief. And he says that we have to exhort or encourage one another. When you see your brother or sister struggling, you gotta let them know, "Hey, God is able. He's able." Hey, my man, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's, that's not what God wants you to do. Hey, sister, won't you stay in your marriage? It's, it's not that bad. You see, we have to exhort, we have to encourage one another in the faith. And he says, you got to do it today. You can't wait until tomorrow. Somebody will be dead and gone. He says today. And he says here is that, he says the today. And why is that? He says because... He says that there be a, a, a hardened heart, a hardened heart. He says that, but exhort one another daily it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. This hardened that he's talking about, he's not talking about being stubborn, uh, but he's talking about being obstinate, meaning that they flat out would not do the will of God. They refuse to do it. And you see this evil heart of unbelief, when it continues to build up, it's, it's, it's like you just say, I ain't doing it. No. I'm not going to serve God. You, having intercourse before marriage, no, nah, that's for the old. That's that for the new. Going to church, people tell, I talked to one guy. He says, church? Do people still go to church? That's something foreign. Nobody goes to church anymore. Hey, my man, let me tell you about the, how God can help you in your marriage and how God can uh, keep you. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that at all. Obstinate. Flat out refuse. Flat out refuse God's word. And that's exactly what God was saying these children of Israel did. They flat out just refused to follow God's word. And we see here that what God said in um, in the previous verses in chapter 3, he says, When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works for 40 years, Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. You flat out refuse. God. God says, you know what? You know, he, he gave them grace. He gave them grace. He, he allowed them to, you know, have time. But it, it just got to a point where their conscience, as the Romans says, was seared as a hot iron. And they just flat out refused. And God said, you know what? You're not going into the promised land. You're done. You know, you're done. He says, look, he says back there in Numbers, he says that the children of Israel, he says everybody that's 20 years old and older, you're you're done. But everybody under that, you know, you guys can go into the promised land. He says, "You're you're not going there. You see, when we flat out refuse God, flat out refuse His Word, what other choice does God have? We just got finished saying that He's a holy God. Uh, when uh, your, your passage just said, you know, when they, when they went before God in the, on the mount, they said the, the, mountain, the mount quaked and fire came out, and people fell down uh, on their faces before God because God is holy. He's separated from us. He's not like you and me. He's in a total different category than we are. He doesn't deal with things the way that we deal with them. And thank God he doesn't. What it says here is that uh, a evil heart of unbelief and that, that they harden. They got stubborn. They harden their hearts. And it says here is that unless you be hard, he says, unless you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, and we all know how deceitful sin can be. The thing is, is that the deceitfulness of sin is that they, they thought that they couldn't go into the promised land because there were giants in the land and there was fence uh, cities or walled cities. And they said, there's no way we can take this. There's no way we can do this. You know, we're just but a little nation. We can't do this. That evil heart of unbelief. And the deceitfulness was this, is that when they died off and 40 years later, when Joshua took the children of Israel into the promised land, the Bible says that they came up against Jericho and Jericho was a a city that was walled and it was a huge city. And when they came up upon it, they when they sent out spies to go in and look into the city and they met the harlot Rahab and she says, oh, We've heard of you guys. We've heard of you guys when you came out from Egypt. We heard about you way back when, when God delivered you and brought you across the Red Sea. We heard how you killed and took out the Amorites. We heard how you were coming through. And, and the men of this city, they were, they were faint. They were just like wax candles being burned. They, we, we, we've been waiting for this day. We knew you guys were going to wipe us out. But here it is 40 years before, we can't do this, we can't do this. Look, these people have giants in the land. You see, it's deceitfulness of sin. You see, when when God moves upon your heart and and when God uh, tells you that, you know, you need to say something to that man, witness to him, tell him, and you'll say, oh, I'm going to feel embarrassed. You know, God is working on him. Somebody was praying for him. God is trying to move and trying to save souls and we continue to lock up and hinder what God is trying to do. That's an evil heart of unbelief. And if you continue to do it and do it and do it, you're going to fall away, 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 and next thing you know you were, how did I end up in this place? It's because of an evil heart of unbelief. They were deceived, just like Eve And Adam was deceived in the garden, hath God said. That's what Satan is. He's the great deceiver. He's the author of sin. Let me tell you, things, you can't look at things from a human standpoint. You can't look at life and say, oh, yeah, I know that's going to happen. I'm not going to do this. I can't do that. You, You can't do that. That's not faith. You have to trust in God. Believe what he says in his word. And when the Holy Spirit moves, don't grieve it. You respond in faith. You respond in faith. You see, God has promises for you and for me, just as he had promises for the children of Israel. But if we don't respond in faith, we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out. Why 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 can't I grow? Why, why why does it seem like I can't grow in Christ? Why why I'm always sinning and doing the same thing over and over again? Why can't I, I I move forward? Well, are you operating out of faith, or are you looking with your human eyes? And he also says this in verse fourteen to the third point. He says that. We're partakers of Christ. He says, but for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Partakers of Christ. He says. you know, Jesus came from heaven to earth to save us. He walked like you and I walked upon this earth. He was tempted like you and I were tempted the Bible says at all points, but without sin. He showed us how to walk. He showed us how to live. And the Bible says that he took upon him what we couldn't do for ourselves. He took upon, us, upon himself the, the sins of the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave God came down, the Bible says that it was God reconciling the world unto himself. He was wrapping this thing up. He, was, he, he sent his perfect son. You and I could never die for sins, As much as, as we would for our own children or our loved ones, we could never pay the price that is required. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And not only that, is that there had to be a spotless lamb without sin. And that's what Jesus did for us. He came down. He laid down his life for you and for me. He took upon uh, uh, himself the sins of the whole world, your present, your past, your future sins all wrapped up and he put them upon his shoulders Isaiah said and he went to that cross, he hung there he bled, he suffered, he died for you and for me that we may have a right to eternal life that's what he did for us and the Bible says that when he died for us and set on the right hand of the father in heaven he sealed the deal and the bible says that we are we when we get saved we we are in heavenly places when you get saved god place you in heavenly places you're here on earth but your your final destination is in heaven and we become partakers in his death in his suffering and in his resurrection You see, our old lives, our old lives, the sin that we used to do, we don't do anymore. When we get saved, you chuck that stuff behind you, and you move forward in faith and trusting a living God. That's why he's a living God. He's not like these idols. uh, Later in Hebrews, he was talking about, he's not like an idol. He's a living God. He he, 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 he he talks to us. He walks with us. He tells us, you know, that w- we're his own and we're partakers with him. And he says here is that, well, he says, uh, for we are partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. This same confidence uh, that you've had when you got saved, the same faith When you trusted in Christ from the beginning of salvation is the same faith that's going to keep you. It's just that you have to exercise it. You have to exercise your faith. God has given you everything in Christ Jesus. And he says to walk in it. But we don't walk in it because we don't believe it. We hold back. And that's why God says that we shouldn't grieve the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is moving upon you, let it go. Let the fire burn. Don't hold it back. Let it burn. And he says here that if you hold the beginning of your confidence steadfast until the end, you see, a faith, a true faith, uh, a true faith is steadfast. It's unmovable. It's always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know, if not, that your, your labor is vain in the Lord. Your, your, uh, it's a steadfastness that, you know what? Come hell or high water, I'm going to serve God. It doesn't matter what he say or she say, I'm going to serve him. Because I believe in this God and I'm trusting in him. And I'm going to act upon it. So he says here is that in verse 15, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the, as in the provocation or as, as they did in the rebellion. Peter O'Brien says this in in his book, The Letter to the Hebrews. He says, I quote, hearing his voice is not limited simply to listening audibly, but also involves paying attention to what is said and obeying him. When addressed by God, listeners are to put in in the position of having to respond one way or another. Clearly, our response should be in faith rather than disobedience or in rejection. See, God told he said, I, I put before you this day. Joshua was saying, are you going to serve God or are you going to serve man? What are you going to do? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua put that out there to the children of Israel when they went into the promised land. He says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He says, while it is today, if you will hear his voice, are you hearing God's voice today? Are you hearing God's voice? Are you hearing his voice move in your hearts and in your minds? Psalm 95 says this, Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great king a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his. The sea is his. And he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, and this Psalm 95 is, is a contrast here with what uh, the Hebrew writer was talking about. And in verse 8, he says this. Right after he said, today, if you will hear his voice, he says, Harden not your heart as in, the, as in the provocation and as is in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do earn their heart, and they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. You see, God, what he did for them back there in, in in, in the book of Numbers and back in Genesis, the Bible talks about how he fed them from manna on high. He provided water for them when they were in the wilderness. He brought them out of Egypt after they were in bondage for all those years. God uh, uh, brought them through the wilderness uh, and didn't allow the enemies to kill them. The Bible says that he put a cloud in the sky uh, during the day to protect them from the heat, and at night, a pillar of fire to guide them. Uh, God did so much for that nation, and they forgot who he was. And they had that evil heart of unbelief. And that's what God said, that your fathers tempted me, and they proved me. It was one instance where they said, you know, God provided manna, but can he provide meat? As to the, as the, say, tempt God, to say, you, you gave us manna, but, you know, I, can you give us meat? Just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Provoking the holy God of Israel. And the Bible says that, it says, when your father's tent to me, they proved me and saw my work. They saw what God did. They saw everything that he did. And they still had this evil heart of unbelief and tried God. And as for you and I today, we see how God sent his son to die for our sins. We see how he hung on that old rugged cross we see how, how we used to live. And since we got saved, how we live now? I hope we're all living right, right? <laughs> we, we see how God is giving us blessing upon blessing. We see how God, uh, many of us see how he healed. We see how God has, has done a great work in our lives in helping us to grow and, and to understand his word. Uh, we see how God places us in, in a good church uh, where we're getting, we can hear the word of God being preached. And You see all these things that God is doing for you and, and, and for you to hold back and to fall away. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a flat-out shame, as my grandmother would say. It's a shame that we, as children of God, are not holding fast to what he promised us. He promised you and I. He promised us. It's not a fact that maybe or if he promised us that we can have joy. He promised us that we'll have peace. He promised us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, saith the Lord. He promised us. He promised us so many blessings. And we, as Christians, have to realize that this evil heart of unbelief, it comes in so many different ways. A lot of times we think that just because we know the Bible and know the scriptures, that we don't have to hear from God through the Spirit. But that's not true. I got coworkers that probably know more about the Bible than I do. They went to Catholic school and they know all the different things, but they're not living for God. They don't believe it. They know it, but they don't believe it. And you see, God desires to have a relationship with you and I, He wants to walk with us, He wants us to walk with Him. That's, that's the whole purpose of, of what he's doing, how he sent his son to redeem us, to, to bring back the relationship that was broken with Adam. When Adam walked God, with God in a cool other day, it, that, that relationship was broken because of sin. And God wants to restore that relationship with us. Yes, we know the scriptures. Yes, we can memorize scriptures. Yes, we can, we can uh, quote scriptures and, and things like that. But we have to hear from this Holy One of Israel. We have to be in tune to hear what God is saying. Many scriptures says, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as they did back then. Because God desires for you and I to live a holy and a righteous life. He has joy for you. He has peace. He wants to take care of you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you, because God had a plan, and that plan to evangelize the world was the church. He has no plan B, C, D, or E. It's only plan A. It's us. And if we don't hear what he's saying to us and move forward in what he's saying, how can the work get done? Yes, God will choose somebody else, move upon their heart to do the work if you don't. He used a, a donkey in the old testament. <laughs> he used storms. He used many things to get his word make his word go forth. But he today he's using you and me. Let us not fall victim to this evil heart of unbelief. Let us not fall victim to this evil heart of unbelief. Make up in your mind today. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Make up in your mind today as we stand to our feet. There may be one here today who's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You too might have an evil heart of unbelief because you don't know this living God. God says in his word that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You have to understand that you're a sinner and you need a savior. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. He says that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made and with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. If that's you today and you've never accepted Christ as Savior, I invite you to come forward today so we can help you with that. Don't keep having this evil heart of unbelief as an unsaved person and not believing who God is. He came just for you, just for you. He says today is the day of salvation. There may be one here today who's doesn't have a church home would like to join the upper room. Why don't you come today? There may be one who's church but want to exchange their membership and come here. Why don't you come? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for moving upon our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for doing a work, allowing your Holy Spirit to move today. But Lord, even though your Holy Spirit is moving, even though you're doing the work, Lord, we pray that we don't let this fall on stony ground. Help this word, Lord, to fall on fertile soil, that we may move forward, Lord. You said, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor entered to the hearts of men what you have in store for us. But, Lord, we're never going to find that if we don't have faith. I pray, Lord, that you move Moving our hearts and minds this week, Lord. Moving our hearts forever. Don't let us go, Lord. Don't let us go back. Please, Lord, keep us. We pray for for many that came this morning, Lord. Because they were trodden upon this week. And they needed to hear from you. We pray, Lord, as many many situations in our lives, Lord, a lot of cares of this world. We know you said in your word, if we keep our minds stayed upon you, you'll keep us in perfect peace. So Lord, we pray that you would help each and every one here today. Lord, there may be one that's sick, that you will bring healing, many dealing with financial problems, Lord, that you would uplift, Lord, and deliver there. A lot of strongholds, Lord, may be holding us, Lord, but we pray, Lord, that you deliver us, Lord. Guide, Lord, protect, keep our babies. This is a wicked world, Lord, wicked world. Satan is chewing up and spitting out and stepping on, Lord, our kids today. He will have nothing better than just to put his hands on them. But, Lord, we ask you to rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for our young ones, Lord, that you would continue to to bless them, Lord. Help them, Lord, as they sit under the word, that you would speak to their hearts and save their souls. We pray for the parents today, Lord, that you would help them, Lord, in raising their children according to your word. Lord, we thank you. We love you, Lord. We lift your name, Lord, above all names. For there's none like you in all this earth. None like you, Lord. None like you. We just give your name to praise this morning. Move by your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.